Welcome to Good Patron, a production of UTR Media. I am your host, Garrett Godfrey, and on this show, I explore what it means to be a good patron, asking how each of us can be a good patron the bands and musicians we appreciate. I'm glad you're here, so stick around, because we have got some exploring to do. Now, this is episode 51, and if you saw the episode title, you already know some of the artists I'll be covering, but here is the full rundown. I'll be covering campaigns and pre-orders for music by Eric Peters, Stacey Frenis, the Zach Petrini Band, David Brackenbury, Katrina Joy, P.O.D., Ma Core, and a heads up about a couple Mark Hurd reissues coming later this year, with links for all of these in the show notes. And I'll have a tip for one way you can be a good patron, and I'll issue you a challenge. But first, I want to tell you about our Spotlight campaign. I have been a fan of Nashville-based singer-songwriter and artist Eric Peter for years, and I loved his Far Side of the Sea album back in 2016, and we covered his 2020 campaign back on episode 24 of this podcast for his Hymns EP, Earth Has No Sorrow. Well, he has recently launched a Kickstarter campaign for a 5-7 to seven song EP to be titled EP, his initials. And it's going to be produced by Asher Peterson of Namo and Wicklow, who's already proven himself to be a master producer. And Eric's also working with artist Rachel Mosley on the album design. Here is a clip of his song, Field of Failure, one of my favorite songs from that 2016 album. So you've got an idea what he sounds like. I sigh again, I know I'm pressing my luck How did I fall from this problem and bluff? I might go blind from always looking up I'm not enough, I'm never enough Nothing I do ever adds up to much My fields are little more than permanent dust I'm not enough, I'm never enough For this new EP, $15 gets an early download, $25 gets you a signed CD in that early download. For $100, you get a signed 11 by 14 art print and three CDs signed and that download. And he's got more options like handwritten lyrics, a virtual house concert, an in-person house concert, even a $500 bag of grass. And by that, he means lawn clippings. And that tier already has a backer. Anyway, head over to Kickstarter and search for Eric Peters. This campaign closes Thursday, July 21st. So what's one way you can be a good patron? Well, this episode's Good Patron Challenge was actually inspired by a comment in the Facebook group about the Eric Peters campaign. Someone had pointed out that $15 was kind of a lot to ask for a download of five to seven songs. And that's true. If you are just a casual fan of a given artist like Eric Peters and saw this campaign, and you view a crowdfunding campaign as a simple transaction, simply a pre-order, then you might imagine a digital download for a five-song EP should cost around $5, or maybe $10 for a seven-song EP. 
But have you considered the credit card processing fees and transaction fees for Kickstarter? A $15 pledge for download might only land him around $10, and based on his campaign goal of $35,000, I'm guessing he's hoping to not only cover the minimum cost of recording five to seven songs, but also have some extra to maybe actually live on. What he really needs, instead of casual fans that view this campaign as a simple pre-order, are super fans that can see it as a way to come alongside him as an artist and give above and beyond. By paying for downloads and signed CDs, and also artist prints and home shows. If you're just a casual Eric Peters fan, then yeah, maybe you just wait until the album comes out and buy the download from him on Bandcamp. But if you're a super fan, then go in, eyes wide open, knowing that you're paying for more than just the download, for more than just a CD. You're paying to help make sure the project can even happen at all. And that's one way you can be a good patron. Change the way you think about crowdfunding campaigns to view them from the perspective of the super fan instead of the casual fan. Obviously, you're not going to be a super fan of every single artist you like, but for the artists where you've really caught the vision for who they are or what they're trying to do, find ways to come alongside them in what they're doing. If they're doing a campaign and have what seems to be higher pricing than it would normally be, Remind yourself that you're not just buying the download, but you're putting in extra to help the thing even happen. Because, as I say every episode, great music doesn't just happen. Now, I'll tell you there are a number of artists where I would consider myself a super fan, but I would like to hear who you are a super fan of. If you're willing to share, message me or email me and let me know, and I'll check them out. Now, I've got more artists that you should know about and more campaigns you need to know about, these artists could use your support. And before I tell you about the rest of the campaigns, I want to suggest a few things. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I hope you'll find that it connects with you. Be sure to subscribe or follow the show so you're sure to catch every new episode as it comes out each month. And if you're already a subscriber and regular listener, I want to say thank you. And consider joining the Crowdfunding Christian Music Group on Facebook or following at Good Patron on Twitter to find out about all the new campaigns as we discover them. Now, if you've already been a follower of UTR Media and the Gourmet Music Podcast, then you've probably heard the name Stacey Frennis. She's made several of the best albums or best songs of the year lists over the past few years, and I'd covered her latest crowdfunding campaign back in episode 31, almost two years ago, and I'd even covered another of her campaigns on an earlier podcast I used to put out. Well, she just launched a Kickstarter campaign for a new Christmas EP, and I had the pleasure of talking with her all about it. Here is my conversation with Stacey Frennis. Hi, Garrett. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Hey, Stacey, I don't know if you know this, but we covered your Kickstarter campaign for your last project that became the story of us way back on episode 31 of Good Patron. And I'd covered your Unpathed Waters, Undreamed Shores, a campaign on an earlier podcast I put out before we even started doing Good Patron. But here's the thing. If I just look at Spotify, it seems like you put out a full length in 2016 and an EP in 2021, and that's it. But if I look at Bandcamp, I see another album in 2012, another in 2010, another in 2008, an album and an AP, EP in 2006, an album in 2004, one in 2001, another one I found on Discogs from 97. <laughs> 
Now you've got an active Kickstarter going on for a new Christmas album to be titled Light of Love. So for all the folks who are hearing your name for the first time, can you give us a quick, who is Stacey Frenis and tell us a bit about your journey in music up to now? Yes. Well, I'm really impressed that you did such a a dive into into all those titles and years, and it was it was that was a nice little walk down memory lane there. What you just did. I have been making music since uh, just out of college. I'm um, a Northern California singer songwriter, and then have added author and speaker in recent years to to my resume. And I'm a mom, and I have two kids, and um, I've been just writing songs really as far back as I can remember. And um, probably around, as I mentioned, just out of college, I um, teamed up with the producer and and really took a collection of probably my favorite songs I'd written up until that point in my life and and really had them professionally produced. And it was the first time I'd really understood the process of making a, a recording of, of music in a, in a much more professional fashion than just kind of my my little uh, four track uh, Tascam unit that I had in my bedroom and all through high school, you know, and I kind of got bit by the bug. I really enjoyed making records and I enjoyed, I will, I will say this, even before I began making records, I have been a lover of words and music. I think for me, the love originates even probably at a cellular level in the words. I consider myself more of a lyricist than a musician, if you will. That's what draws me to music first. And that's where I usually start with my songwriting. And so as a kid, I was just one of those kids that journaled and wrote poems for people. And, um, you know, that was kind of the best gift I could give my, my mom or my grandma, you know, to hang a poem up on the fridge for their birthday. I loved working with words. I loved moving them around, making them rhyme, putting them into forms and shapes. And then, you know, when I was in junior high, I was about 12 or not quite 13, uh, someone invited me to go to a Young Life camp. And I had never experienced any kind of setting in which religion or Christianity was described in a in a person as a personal relationship with Jesus. I just, our family wasn't raised in, I wasn't raised in churches. We went to a Lutheran church once a year at Christmas time, and that was about it. But when I heard those words and I heard the invitation and heard the call, I walked up and accepted Jesus into my heart. And it was around that time that this new life, this new divine life, Jesus's life, began growing inside of me. And it was then that those words on the page began to kind of lift off the page and have melodies. And I began to hear music coming out of the words that I'd been writing for so many years. And so I learned how to play guitar. I got guitar lessons and piano lessons all all that same year that I found Jesus. I also found my own gifting and calling as a songwriter. And um, so I was writing songs all through um, junior high and high school. And uh, and then, and, you know, just was kind of a natural thing for me to get, um, once I got out of college, I was a music major for a while in college. And then I switched to become an English major, uh, because my dad had that sit down talk with me, uh, which basically said, sure, music's great, Stacy, but what are you going to fall back on? You know? Oh yeah. So I, I got a, a degree in English, but I, it's funny because I stick, I stayed true to my loves, you know, my passions, which is words and music. And um, 
so I was an English teacher for a few years. And then um, when I was able to kind of make the leap into full-time music, I did that and have been doing that for years. And it's probably been just since, just kind of before COVID where things were really starting to shift, where as I'm sure a lot of musicians understand that the industry just changed so much and revenue streams just changed and disappeared. And so um, it's been a lot of reimagining and trying to figure out what kind of where to move out from here. But the songs never leave me. The songs, the songwriting, the joy of it never stops. So I'll I'll keep doing what I do, which is kind of what brings me to present day, which is that, yes, I, I do have this, this Kickstarter campaign, which is one of those things we musicians have discovered as a way to fund our music and get it out there and share it with people. So, yeah. So I mentioned looking back at the back catalog um, on Bandcamp, you put out a Christmas EP 16 years ago. And it had some standard Christmas classics, but it also had a song that you had co-written. Why a new Christmas album now? You know, that little EP, Wise Men and Angels, I think has had the longest and most vibrant shelf life of all of my records because of its seasonal you know, resurgence. It comes back into, into play, and literally and figuratively, every, every December. And here now, 16 years later, I find myself at Christmas time still going out and doing gigs and and wanting fresh material, wanting new songs. And Wiseman and Angels has been one of my favorite records over the years. And we did, you're right, mostly new twists on traditional carols, but we wrote the one original. And that one original has really remained one of my favorite songs of all times that I wrote with Nate Saban, who's actually also producing this new Christmas record, which is kind of a fun thing. He's kind of become my go-to producer over the years. And I've decided to do more songwriting, more originals on this new one. I'm just finding I have more to say about Christmas (laughs) as I've lived over the years. I have more that I want to sing about and talk about in song with this album. Cool. So about how many songs are you thinking you'll put put on this collection? You know, that's kind of still in in flux. We're not exactly sure yet. Some of that will depend on on what we end up in terms of funding. Uh, you know, we know for a fact we've got probably six or seven now. And then um, whether it turns, you know, whether it becomes an EP or, or a full-blown album, that's the part we're not sure of yet. Gotcha. And it'll still be a mix of some originals you've written plus some traditionals kind of reworked. Right. Yes. That's my plan. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Is there any particular reward tier for this campaign that you're like extra excited about? You know, there's some really beautiful artwork that we commissioned or not commissioned, but we actually are licensing from an artist who I have loved for years. Her name is Jan Richardson. And she's out of Texas and she just does these absolutely beautiful, really stunning paintings. So one of the reward tiers that that kind of everybody can, can hop in on is this art print that we're doing with uh, at the $25 level. We're just we're doing an art print of this gorgeous cover art that features a Jan Richardson painting. And then we're also making those into blank, really cool square Christmas cards. So that's another level um, that people can can get in on. I think they're around $60 or something where they can get a pack of 10 Christmas cards. Again, 
really those really lovely, they're blank, it's blank inside, but it's the original artwork on the front, just a lot of fun. And then I'm also offering um, creativity coaching at $150, I think, or $200 level, and which is a really fun thing where because I love songwriting so much and I've, I've actually done a lot of songwriting workshops and seminars, there are, that's a real joy for me to work with people on developing and shaping their songs. And so I'm offering that um, as well as in the area of if people have a, a story or a book or a poem they're working on, I'm offering to creatively coach with them and help them develop that and shape that. Oh, that's cool. When does the campaign close? And at today, today is um, the end of June, the 30th of June. Um, do you know about how much you still need to, to hit your goal? Yeah. So the, the campaign ends on July 15th. And as of this conversation in which we are speaking right now, we are about at the halfway point. So um, we still need about another 6,000 to hit our goal. Um, our, we're setting our goal at 12,000. However, we, we have some, um, which I still need to put out there on the page, but I, I want to develop some stretch goals around possibly putting out vinyl, uh, which is something I've never done before, but it strikes me as a really lovely idea, especially for a timeless uh, Christmas album. Yeah. Seems like that would be a lovely idea. And then there's a reward here for some live options for folks to either book a, a live house concert, which I love doing house concerts. I'm an acoustic guitar player. And so I can sort of have a guitar and will travel. And so uh, we may add a few of those as we see, as we see our, our number stretching. So definitely, definitely, definitely still time to get in on this and hopefully stretch beyond our, our initial goal. So I heard you say, um, something about the kind of the timeless nature of Christmas music and how this is something that folks will come back to year after year. And that made me wonder, are there uh, any particular Christmas albums that you find yourself pulling out, you know, every after Thanksgiving or whenever you start listening to Christmas music for yourself, just that you enjoy kind of coming back to year after year? Yeah, there are. I love it's just funny. This is going to date me, but the Carpenters have just this lovely Christmas album that's been forever and ever and ever. It reminds me of my childhood. I love the Buble Christmas album just because he's, you know, his. It's so classic and timeless. I like. Um, I don't know if you know Dave Barnes. He has a really great Christmas album. Love Diana Krall's Christmas record. Yeah. I also love, there's an Annie Lennox Christmas album that came out a couple of years ago that, that's gorgeous. I I feel like I could go on and on. <laughs> there's just something about some of those though, huh? Yes. They, they like connect and click and. Oh yeah. And of course, who can forget the classic Amy Grant, Tennessee Christmas, right? Yeah. Yep. And Breath of Heaven, you know, the Chris Eaton song that, yeah. that she did. Um, it's stunning. Yeah, there's some good stuff. Really well, I'm looking stuff. forward to this. You you have the title Light of Love. That's based on a, a song that you wrote. Yeah. Can you kind of give us a, a sneak peek about that? Yes, absolutely. Light of Love is a song that was inspired by the nativity, the part in the nativity story where the angel appears to the shepherds. And I think it's in Luke's account where he says, right before he's about to deliver this just incredible news about the savior, Jesus who's born, he says, you know, be not afraid. And I, 
I've read somewhere that that phrase or some uh, version of it, don't be afraid or fear not, appears in the Bible something like 300 times or over 300 times. And it struck me how often it is that our fear is what gets in the way of hearing the good news, the good news that God really does love us that God really is present, that Emmanuel really is always with us. And um, and so I wanted to write this song that I imagined the angel would have sung, you know, kind of the completed form of that, of that idea of rejoicing in this light of love that is that has come to dispel the darkness. And that scripture in first John in John where it says that, you know, in he is the light and He's the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. I just find that so encouraging in these times um, that the light has not overcome it. And that's our hope. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you kind of giving us a a sneak peek of who's behind this project and also what's going to be in it. And so I'm obviously going to encourage our listeners to probably wait till the end of the episode before <laughs> jumping over to the page, um, but checking out the campaign. You have some really funny reenactments of different Christmas music scenarios in your video. That was that was fun. I went a little crazy with the green screen. Well, I had to because it was 102 outside the day I did the video. And so I said, I got out all my hats and gloves and scarves, and then I put the green screen up and I just, I went to Make Believe World and I, I had... I had a little too much fun with it, actually. <laughs> it's awesome. It's, it is one of the weird things about the music business that you do find yourself talking about, working on and writing for and, you know, campaigning for Christmas yeah. projects in the middle of the year. But like, if you want it to happen by when were you looking for these to to release? Like, I mean, they'll probably, sh- you know, our hope is that they'll ship out by mid-November so or late October so people can have them for the whole Christmas season. So you've got like all summer, you need to be working on it. Yeah. So how do you, how do you, as a, as a fan, like, I don't necessarily find myself in the mood to listen to Christmas music yet. Mm -hmm. How do you like put yourself in the zone for recording that when it's, you know, 102 out, like, you know, it, it has to to just be about the song you have to just inhabit the the message and the core of the song and that's why for me it's so important to choose songs that I can sing over and over and over and over and over I don't know if I could get into a studio on a hundred day you know 100 degree day and sing jingle bells or grandma got one over by a reindeer you know I need to really believe that the message is something that is timeless and and really um meaningful to people meaningful to me kind of comes right out of you yeah honestly yeah 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 very cool well i really appreciate your time and i'll i'll look forward to getting folks to hear your your campaign and your music i'm looking forward to hearing it myself thanks so much garrett thanks for having me on talk to you later and here's a clip of that title track from her first christmas ep wise men and angels so you know what she sounds like This one, yet different from anyone. One star outshone all the rest. And those who were searching, they followed it to Bethlehem. 
$15 gets the early download of this EP, $25 for that download, and a frameable art print of the cover art. For $35, you get this EP and her earlier Christmas EP, the one that we just heard from, on a thumb drive. And then she's got other options like handcrafted Christmas ornaments, autographed copies of her books, Christmas cards, Zoom concerts, in-person house shows, and that creativity coaching she talked about. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Stacy Frenis. That's S-T-A-C-I-F-R-E-N-E-S. But do it fast. This campaign closes July 15th. Zach Petrini has been putting out his brand of Americana for years and has just launched a Kickstarter campaign for a new album and tour titled Rock and Roll is Dead. He described it as a 12-song wall of sound about perspective and time and said it's his most ambitious project yet. Here is a clip of his 2021 single, Young Love, so you've got an idea what he sounds like. Just 16, not afraid to die, staring at love until we went blind, stealing cigarettes, running through the night, like spirits let loose out of heaven's light. Hearts beating blood Young love Young love For only $5, you get a download of the album and a link to an acoustic storyteller's private show. For $25, you get all that in a CD. For $55, you get all that in the album on CD and final. And then he's got more options like shirts and house shows. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Rock and Roll is Dead. But do it fast. This campaign closes Friday, July 15th. David Brackenbury is a singer-songwriter in the UK and has been involved in leading worship in his local church for over 20 years and has really been intentional about writing songs for the local church. He's just launched a Kickstarter campaign for a new 10-12 to song album to be titled Ebenezer. Here is a clip from his 2019 song, Those Seasons Will Change, so you've got an idea what he sounds like. Strength 
For about $9 US, you get an early download of the album. For about $13 US, you get that early download, but you also get the CD with your name in the credits. And then he's got other options, like a new compilation CD, combining the songs of his past few EPs, and even a live acoustic set, plus travel expenses. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Ebenezer, but do it fast. This campaign closes Monday, July 11th. Katrina Joy is a singer-songwriter and worship leader in Dallas, Texas, that loves to write songs rooted in scripture, and she's just launched a Kickstarter campaign for a four-song EP titled Grace Upon Grace, and the songs are based on the theme of grace. Here is a clip of one of her earlier tracks, Wait, so you've got an idea what she sounds like. Steadfast love shines through each star I want to run and not grow weary I want to walk and not be faint I want to rise on wings like eagles But I never want to wait $10 gets you an early download of the EP. 25 gets you that early download plus a download of her 2019 album, Your Splendor. And she's got other options like handwritten lyrics, a companion devotional, custom songs, even a house show. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Grace Upon Grace. This campaign closes Wednesday, July 20th. I want to thank Indivision Music for making sure we all found out about this next one. Hard rock metal band P.O.D.'s album When Angels and Serpents Dance is going to be remixed and remastered with three bonus tracks not on the original album. And Mascot Label Group will re-release it on CD and vinyl October 14th. While not being the massive hit that Satellite or Fundamental Elements of Southtown were, it was still a noteworthy album that still has some fans to this day. Here is a clip of the new version of their hit from that album, Addicted, so you've got an idea what they sound like. You can pre-order the new version of the album for $13 on CD. $30 gets a double gold vinyl with the download code. So if you want to get in on the pre-order before it comes out, use the link in the show notes. Makor is a band that's tricky to describe. Their name is from the Hebrew word meaning wellspring. As for their sound, they're somewhat like a modern alternative meets hard rock. Here's a clip of their song, My Defense, so you know what they sound like. 
And they've launched a new album fundraiser on their website with one tier. It's a backpack-type bag filled with a shirt, a download code for all their songs they've put out so far, and other goodies. Now, those could be like signed drumsticks or drumheads or guitar picks. And then they also throw in a signed EP, a signed full-length, access to one year of behind-the-scenes info, input into the album development, access to streaming shows, and more. So all of this is to raise funds for a new album. The tier is $50 while supplies last. So head over to mawcore.com or use the link in the show notes. The fundraiser ends July 31st or whenever they run out of supplies. Kansas City hip-hop artist Eric Cohen has been given the opportunity to be a part of the Extreme Tour, but it's a missions-focused tour, and he has to provide his own gas and meals and offset his time off work. So he has launched an Indiegogo campaign to raise $2,500. Here is a clip of his 2021 single, Paint a Picture, so you got an idea what he sounds like. Let's paint a picture of Picasso of everything I see Voila. Or better yet a Rembrandt of the things inside of me All the guilt and all the shame, all the grief and all the pain it's Enough to drive me. a man it's insane, it's enough to drive a man insane Searching through the memories, plotting all my enemies Make them feel the pain I felt, the darkness deep inside of me Wanna see, wanna be, send them to eternity Make them flee, make them bleed, anger got a hold of me Why am I so sick inside, looked alive but tried to hide He doesn't have any particular tiers or rewards, and even though it's on Indiegogo, it's functioning more like a GoFundMe. But if you want to help out, head over to Indiegogo and search for Eric Cohen, or use the link in the show notes. And I got a heads up to give you. Many of you know, or at least will recognize the name of this indie reissue label, Low Fidelity Records. They've been behind a lot of fantastic remix reissue projects over a number of years and always put out a quality product. They've done a reissue of the Mark Hurd album Dry Bone Stance a little while back. Well, now they have announced that they'll be launching a campaign soon for the reissues of the Mark Hurd albums Satellite Sky and Second Hand. No specific time yet, but be sure to follow Good Patron on Twitter or join the Crowdfunding Christian Music Group on Facebook and know that I will share the information as soon as it goes live. Now, I really hope that as you listen to this podcast, both this episode and episodes to come, you'll encounter campaigns and artists that connect with you and that you'll follow up and check them out. And I hope today's challenge to change the way you think about crowdfunding campaigns, at least for the artists you really love, will help you grow into that super fan that comes alongside those artists and gives generously above and beyond to help them make their music. If you have any questions or feedback, or if you want to give me a heads up about a campaign I should know about, or if you want to talk about something for the fan favorite segment, and if you're not sure what I mean by that, Check out the last episode, episode 50, for more information on the new fan favorite segment. Please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Message me on Twitter, at GoodPatron, or you can email me, GoodPatronPodcast at gmail.com. I am excited to keep digging into the topic of how to be a good patron. I hope I encourage you in your journey from fan to patron. Until next episode, remember, great music doesn't just happen, so get involved. Good Patron Podcast is proud to be a part of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and found online at utrmedia.org.